0: Welcome to Breaking the Bias. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders from across our industry, shining a light and sharing stories of workplace empowerment. Welcome to this episode of Breaking the Bias. We all know the huge value of mentoring, and I'm thrilled to be joined by a fellow mentor, Arti Subhani, Head of Enterprise Communications in Asia Pacific and Japan for Dell Technologies.
1: Arti, welcome. Hi, Alicia. Thanks so much for inviting me to be a part of this podcast, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation.
0: Really great to have you with us. I know you've had a, a rich and, and varied career to, to date. You've worked across you know, multiple countries and uh, had, had some really interesting experience both in the corporate side and as a researcher. I'd, I'd love for you just to kick us off with, with a bit about your experience and your work life so far.
1: Sure. So I started my career 20 years back in India and moved to Singapore in 2010. I've had a really interesting mix of experiences, including journalism, academics, marketing, communications. And this year, I co-authored a book with 20 other women that went on to become a bestseller. As I look back and think about my career, much of it was a result of happenstance and unplanned events that came my way. A lot of these unexpected opportunities came about through conversations with friends and people in my network. And as a person who absolutely loved to plan earlier, I had to be very deliberate about staying present and open to changing paths. So it's been an exciting journey so far. Fantastic. The, the book that you co-authored, what's the topic? Tell me a bit about that. Sure. So the book is called My Voices and the chapter that I uh, I wrote was around caregiving. Um, I was a uh, I've been a caregiver for over a decade, and I wanted to uncover and unpack some of the issues that caregivers uh, go through in the background. And uh, the idea really was to, you know, sh- shed a light on these issues, and hopefully. Um, have governments and educational uh, institutions and even organizations come together to to see how they could support, uh, you know, caregivers in their journey. And I, I don't believe that the topic's been discussed sufficiently and, uh, and we have a long way to go.
0: Fantastic. And the overall book, is it about giving voice to some of these topics that aren't uh, getting a seat at the table or getting enough air cover?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, the the funds that were raised, uh, you know, through the sales of the book have actually gone towards charities. So it's, um, yeah, it's 21 of us and all of us have contributed a chapter.
0: Fantastic! I'm going to be sure to check that book out, My Voices. Uh, what, what's, what's been your uh, driving force just looking back at yeah, your career, where you are today? Yeah, sounds like you, you've had a fantastic trajectory. What is your why?
1: My why is integrity and doing what's best for the business with integrity is fundamental to the way I make decisions, work with teams and provide communication counsel to stakeholders. As a communications professional, you know as you must be aware it's it's a really good way to build a reputation as a trusted advisor and I often draw parallels to the idea of tough love uh, when I think about integrity and I I sincerely believe that if one is true to oneself and one's principles and to one's team uh, that automatically comes about you know in in one's work ethic and so in that sense it's it's pretty similar to tough love.
0: Love that. Actually, we've been doing a lot of lot of speaking slots around uh, the topic of tough love um, around marketing. So very very uh, topical. You you mentioned being more present and how your career is shaped up and being living in the in the present. Uh, talk talk me through that a little bit. It sounds like you had a a, a defined plan and, and you you've had to change tack as your career has evolved and, and and as as your your own life has developed.
1: Uh, sure. I mean, my plan was was really to stay in India and uh, be closer to my family there um, and opportunities to move into a regional role just came my way. Uh, again, journalism, academics, you know, co-authoring this book. None of it was part of the plan. Uh, <laughs> I started with advertising. I was planning to have a career in advertising before uh, I moved and switched to various uh, roles within marketing and communications and uh, you know as a planner just taking those risks seemed huge at that moment and i've become more of a storyteller just with all these adjacent roles and opportunities um, that that randomly just came into my life
0: Yeah, fantastic. And you've also um, founded Women in Tech for Singapore Business and Professional Women's Association. Tell me a bit about
1: Women in Tech. What's its purpose? Who participates? Sure. So the Singapore Business and Professional Women's Association is a platform to support the local business and professional women. And this year, a few of the members from the association who actually are part of the tech industry got together and we said, Why don't we create a women in tech group. So we started this group with three objectives in mind. The first was really to create an awareness on how to harness the power of technology effectively. The second was to encourage more women to join the tech industry. and the third was to create a community for women who are already part of the tech sector and you know, to support one another. So while we have monthly meetings in June, we hosted our first event on the growing importance of safeguarding data and privacy, which is a topic that's becoming increasingly important. Um, and the event was very well received. We have the full house and, you know, we've also had more interest around uh, memberships for the association. Great, and um, so for other women in tech in
0: Singapore, uh, what, why should they participate? What's the, what's the um, the drawing factor? It sounds like you're covering some meaty topics, and you know clearly business and professional growth is is at, at its heart. What's what's the benefit?
1: So as a person who absolutely loves being part of the tech industry i can tell you it's so fascinating to see the growing impact of technology on our li- in a, you know on our lives and in society and it's globally one of the fastest growing industries so it would be great to have women to work in tech, both from a business and a fairness perspective. Uh, from a business perspective, we all know there's a strong focus uh, and a strong business case for having a diverse workforce as it you know, helps organizations become more innovative. Um, a study from BCG, in fact, highlights that companies with the greatest gender diversity generated about thirty-four point thirty-four uh, percent of their revenues from innovative products and services. Uh, And then from a fairness perspective, you know, women uh, should definitely partake of the equal opportunities to be part of this fast-growing industry. So I guess mentoring women and uh, supporting them to join the industry and then once they join, helping them to, you know, continue to be part of the industry is something that is really close to my heart.
0: So really access to mentoring and, and really building on the, the the belief that we all have, which is that the technology industry needs needs a more diverse workforce, needs, needs more empowered women in the workforce as well.
1: Absolutely. And the other part is also organizations need to ensure a strong focus on developing products that meet women's needs. And, you know, that's where women engineers can really play a central role uh, on sharing the perspectives and knowledge. Uh, so would would definitely be, you know, important for more women to join the workforce.
0: To keep the conversation going, join us at our annual marketing conference in Boston, together with a great lineup of speakers and experts, taking place on the 24th to the 26th of October. To learn more, visit wearemomentum.com forward slash marketing vision would love to get to um, the, the meat of the conversation and you've touched on it just there in, in terms of, you know, mentoring. What, what would you say the benefits are of, of being a mentor? You, you know, you've obviously coached and, and mentored women in tech and um, a, across uh, other industries. Um, what, what's been the value for you in participating?
1: Sure. So while mentoring sometimes feels like it's about giving your time and sharing your unique experiences, it can be, you know, very beneficial. I think mentoring is a great opportunity to broaden one's perspectives, um, develop strong relationships in the community hone one's leadership style and and also really build a strong personal brand within the industry and there's so many different avenues that you know women can sort of can look at Uh, they can actually start by just thinking about how much time they want to commit to mentoring of there is a certain industry or segment of women that they're keen to support for example it could be students or women in the early stages of their career, or women who want to join boards. So there are plenty of opportunities, to be honest. Got it. So it sounds like from your
0: own mentoring experience, you've taken a lot away in terms of broadening perspectives and and really thinking about your own leadership style as well as tapping into a network just flipping that conversation you know what what what's the benefit that you've seen um for for the people that you have been mentoring um you've you touched on it briefly around seeing them stretch um but but what would you say the top two or three benefits are
1: i think mentoring is really about supporting women to essentially feel feel like they can work with clearer uh, with lesser distractions and reach their full potential and work towards their definition of success, whatever the definition is. So it's really about having somebody as a sounding board and having a clearer path to work with. And a lot of these relationships also, you know, then transform into lifelong friendships, which, which really works well for both the mentor and the mentee.
0: And I, th- I think with so many conversations, when we talk about diversity and inclusion, we talk about empowerment in the workforce, you know, a lot of it comes circles back to you know find find a great mentor. Um, you know, go go through some. Mentorship and coaching um, with other people in similar positions. You know, if I'm looking for a mentor, where where would
1: I start? What would your advice be? I think there's some really interesting avenues. Uh, during the start of the pandemic, I actually saw a couple of senior professionals on LinkedIn putting out a post around committing a certain number of complimentary coaching sessions to to anyone who needed advice and support on their careers. And you know, it seemed like a really small step, but we were in the midst of unprecedented times and each of these gestures of humanity seem to make a difference. So there's LinkedIn, there are women in STEM, women in tech associations. I'm a part of some of them and I have put my hand up as a mentor and a lot of mentees contact me via those platforms. Uh, and then there are also universities and student bodies who are always looking for women with industry experience to share their, you know, perspectives and views and really support students with very practical advice. Um, so lots
0: lots of um, platforms look lo- finding those um, individual mentors have you tended to and, and have your mentees reached out to you because of your industry experience what would you say the kind of best fit has been
1: i think it's it's about the industry experience location i do have uh, mentees in uh you know diverse geographies but i i think it's really the women in tech and women who want to enter the tech industry and then uh, women who feel that there are plenty of opportunities Opportunities within tech and just want to sometimes experiment given how quickly the industry is growing and, and how many adjacent avenues are opening up, including cybersecurity uh, now, which is becoming really sort of, uh, you know, pre- uh, there's, there's really a shortage of skill around skills around cybersecurity. So women are taking on a lot of new programs and reaching out to a lot of people in the industry to really gauge and decide what they want to do with their careers fantastic
0: and what would your advice be for others who want to get into mentoring and coaching you know where 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 did you get started how can they get started
1: I think they could start, uh, you know, very informally and and see how they feel. I mean, they could even just start with being supportive of colleagues and people within their network. And that's where I started. I started mentoring a couple of uh, colleagues within my organization and then, you know, take a call around how much time they want to invest, how long do they want to commit? Is it 11 months? Is it a year? Is it, you know, shorter? Um, and again, like I mentioned, you know, what, what segment of women uh, really appeal to them and and, uh, where do they see themselves actually providing definitive support?
0: Got it. I think it's a great um, investment into in other people, and as you say, you've got a lot from it yourself, and I'm sure your mentees have taken a lot away from the experience. And it's something that all of us can be doing. So I'm looking forward to to hearing and seeing more more mentors and and more people embracing um, being mentored out there as well. Let, let's talk a little bit now, RT, about how women are represented in engineering and the AI space. I know you wrote a paper on uh, this topic. What what inspired you to, to write the paper in the first place?
1: So my own experience of gender bias when I was um, living and working in India and then my links to the technology industry, not as an engineer though, uh, and then my vision for a more inclusive society really inspired me to choose this topic. Um, I was Also, particularly interested in women's experiences in male dominated environments because my late sister studied science to become a doctor. And while she was studying, she often talked about her experiences as a token female student at a medical university in Mumbai. Um, And she was seven years older than me, and I was. Too young at that time to fully relate to what she was going through. So two decades later, after her passing away, I I wrote this paper to try and maybe even reconstruct some of what she might have gone through. So there is a there is a personal element to this as well.
0: Yeah, no, I can hear that coming through, and I think often our best work is uh, based on, on that personal experience. What what was the central hypothesis? What's the um, as if you were summarising the paper for anyone that hasn't read it? What what does it what does it cover, and and what are your findings?
1: Sure. So the paper is titled "Women with Engineering Degrees Who Transition to Another Profession: Ultimate Success or Failures of the System." And this study investigates two deeply interlinked research problems. The first is uh, the underrepresentation of women in engineering. And the second is, uh, you know, the consequent underrepresentation of women in technology related AI engineering roles. And the reason I was really keen to cover AI is because it holds enormous potential to impact economic opportunities for women, not only in engineering, but, you know, more broadly, it could actually uh, reduce or increase the existing average global gender gap for women's economic participation and opportunities. So I interviewed seven women uh, deeply across geographies with engineering degrees who abandoned uh, the engineering profession and moved on to another career. And the central hypothesis is that there are powerful effects of socialization on women's vocational and educational choices. And even highly talented women can feel like failures within male-dominated cultures then there is a really strong impact of stereotype threat and tokenism on women's psychology within engineering cultures, and lastly, dropping out of the industry and changing their profession came across as a coping mechanism um, to deal and you know counter the stereotype threat. So while this uh, you know them uh, them dropping out of the domain actually. Uh, was to easen out their negative experience, it's also been a significant loss to them because financially they invested resources in obtaining those degrees. And psychologically they uh, experienced a sense, a perceived sense of failure while leaving the profession. And, uh, you know, in addition, of course, the engineering profession and engineering organizations have lost out on very talented women and um, have a less, you know, a less diverse workforce. So really it's a lose-lose situation for, you know, for the women as well as the organizations.
0: What do you think organizations can be doing differently to to make sure that they're welcoming and embracing diverse talent um, and and really balancing out that under representation of women in in these sectors?
1: So organizations need to take a holistic and a multi-layered approach. Uh, Leaders, ideally should be working very closely with managers who are the immediate point of contact for teams to create a psychologically safe culture where diverse voices can be heard and uh, you know employees uh, can can really bring their full selves to work it's also important to analyze the company's gender diversity data and and understand the gender pay disparity and review you know the number of women in leadership positions and then Possibly create a plan to rectify those gaps in pay and underrepresentation by investing in the next generation of female talent. It's also really effective to create a platform for women to have an ongoing dialogue to discuss their own challenges and and learnings. And then we've all, you know, heard and discussed the role of male allies and bringing them into the fold in small and creative ways, including maybe delivering unconscious gender bias training programs mentoring women to send out the signal that, you know, it's shared understanding of the importance of gender equity in the workplace. That's, that's really important.
0: That's fantastic, Artie. I think three amazing um, recommendations that all organisations can implement, you know, creating that safe culture, as, as you've described, you know, making a plan around gender pay disparity and, and you know, building in partnerships and, and making sure that you've got these male allies across the business. Your, your research paper, I, I know, has some really interesting threads in it. And, you know, great to see that the, the real research that you've done from women who've entered the engineering uh, space, but haven't continued their careers um, there. Let's just talk a little bit about um, women who have conducted an engineering degree, they enter the workforce, but end up leaving. And we've seen some data on this, we we discussed it in previous episodes, that some of this is because of a lack of progression. Are you seeing the same thing for women in engineering once they enter the workforce? Or or are you seeing something different?
1: I think the lack of progression is a a small part of the reason why women leave engineering. There is Um, There are other reasons, and, uh, you know, um, research has shown that when people are stereotyped, they respond in different ways to cope with that threat. Uh, That could be adopting self-sabotaging strategies or putting severe pressure on themselves to prove that the stereotype is inaccurate and even feeling disengaged. So these coping strategies um, impact the ability of women to focus and perform, and it also leads to them dropping out of the profession. The other reason is the women that I spoke with reported that they did not have female role models in engineering, which made it harder harder for them to continue their careers. And these responses align with previous research, which has shown that the absence of female role models in STEM signals to women that they do not belong and therefore it, you know, they feel like they may not be able to succeed in these domains.
0: I mean, we're painting a a fairly bleak picture here of um, the state of play, but what, what progress have you seen in this space? Have you seen... Things improve over the past decade. Stay stay the same. What what's your experience been?
1: So I think gender scholars and the media have uh, definitely highlighted the underrepresentation of women um, in engineering over the last four decades. And there've been innumerable initiatives, right, from the launch of you know Women in Engineering Pro proactive network and Women in Engineering Tech. There's data. There's STEM girls who code. So all of this is really to draw more women into the profession. And uh, the good thing is that uh, academia is also focused on promoting girls' interest in mathematics. So although these uh, efforts have encouraged more women to study engineering, uh, they have yet to produce a substantially larger female workforce in the engineering profession and uh, there is a long way to go. Uh, the other piece is also women engineers are paid lesser than their male counterparts. And, uh, you know, there's some real work that needs to be done in that space.
0: I mean, it definitely feels like awareness has improved and, you know, there's some, some key actions that are taking, but, taking place, but clearly a lot more to be done. Just speaking pragmatically now, let's, let's say one of your men- mentees comes to you and, and is facing um, stereotyping or experiencing being a, a token female. What, what would your advice to them be?
1: So my advice would essentially be that they need to look to find ways to cope with the stressors, including stereotype threat and tokenism, and really to see how they can increase their sense of belonging and feel more optimistic about their careers. And by doing that, you know, it would naturally help them to perform better. So I'd really suggest three ways to do that the first is to look up to a role model uh, because research has pointed out that when members of an underrepresented community see people like themselves they feel encouraged to expand uh, their own potential and grow The second would be to look around, uh, you know, their own organization and outside to expand the network and really connect with people, uh, you know, in the industry as well as outside. Uh, And this could be, you know, mentors, allies, sponsors, peers, uh, and really be boundary spanning. And then, you know, getting a mentor uh, can play a crucial role in suggesting a clear career path and also networking. There was a rather interesting study by INSIA that highlighted uh, the probability of Women attending women-only conferences. It revealed that over 70% of women reported that they felt more engaged and encouraged after attending a conference. So, by having a strong network, they can increase their opportunities to increase uh, to exchange ideas and also boost their self-confidence. And finally, charge forth uh, because while the relationships you know that we forge can help carry our skills forward, there's really no substitute for hard work, performance, and delivery. So they need to continue to do their best work, keep learning, make their contributions count with optimism, and most importantly, remind themselves that they belong to the tech industry.
0: What next for you? You've yeah, Clearly, you've got some exciting projects underway. Um, wh- what are you seeing as uh, your priorities as you head
1: into to next year? Again, keeping an open mind, but I do hope to author my own <laughs> book. I do have a few interesting uh, concepts that, uh, you know, I need to sort of develop further and then choose one of them and and publish my own book. So really looking forward to that.
0: Fantastic. Sounds very exciting. Um, and if we could just finish on the best piece of advice that that you've received in, in your career that's really helped you Uh, to keep that open mind, to to grow as an individual and and
1: professionally? So the best piece of advice came uh, from one of my closest friends in India when I was grieving the loss of my sister. And he made a really simple statement that continues to help me when I'm faced with challenging situations, um, which is move ahead with faith hope, and action. Simple, but really powerful. Fantastic. Well, let's take that all into
0: our day-to-day lives. uh, Moving forward with faith and and hope indeed and I'll definitely take the idea that you've just shared around women only conferences I think really interesting um, and to see how momentum ITS may embed that into our own event strategy thanks so much for joining us today Artie I've really enjoyed the conversation you know lots of great advice uh, that you've candidly shared and and looking forward to seeing you soon.
1: Absolutely I've really enjoyed our conversation and I do hope that we can all take collective and comprehensive action to reduce the gender um, chasm in the and the industry uh, and the engineering industry.
0: Well, with, with you on, on its side, you know, I, I know uh, you're a force to be reckoned with. So thank you again for joining us and, and sharing your thoughts. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum, the global growth consultancy, a female owned business brimming with incredible female talent. We're actively striving to close the gender gap. You can learn more at wearemomentum.com.